Welcome everyone to another episode of A Distinct Lens. I am your host, DeAndre Sinet, and I have a special guest here today, all the way from Poland, but now residing in the UK. Uh, I'll go ahead and allow you to introduce yourself. Um, hi everyone, um, I'm Chris Catney. Um, yeah, I live here in the UK for the past 15 years, originally born and, and bred in Poland. Excellent, excellent. So, Chris... I wanted to ask, could you share with us um, what it is you do for a living? You don't have to go into details about the company or anything, but what it is that you do for a living and uh, where you currently live? Sure. So um, I work as operations manager in the distribution center, and um, I live in Corby, Northamptonshire. Okay. And just for people who aren't aware, Corby is a town in England. Northamptonshire would be the equivalent of a county in the United States. So I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. That's the city. The county is Tarrant County. Um, so I want to dive right in. Um, so you're from Poland. Yes. Obviously, you're living in England in the UK. Um, what was life like growing up in Poland? Um, it was... so. My family, um, we, you know, we grew up, I grew up in the village, uh, this tiny village, about 2,000 people, everybody, everybody knew everyone, you know, um, very small, kind of closed, um, a group of friends, you know, close neighborhoods, so, yeah, um, we, we were doing okay, my parents were doing okay, um, we were slightly different to most of my friends, so, I think out of all of my friends and all the people I knew, it was probably just me and one of my other friends that lived in the flat. Um, everybody else had a big house with, you know, big gardens. Um, we've had a lot of space in the garden, but yeah, we had a flat. And just for our American listeners, a flat is a, is oh. a uh, I think it's a single story dwelling in the yeah, UK. Yeah, like an apartment, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, so, um, so yeah, in this so flat, we were, were there other families or was it just, yeah, so it, so it was, um, it was a building where there was only just two flats. So it was just us and another family were living above us. Ah, uh, okay. Um, yeah, it wasn't a big block or anything like that. So it was okay. a small village really. <clears throat> so we would call that a duplex okay, in the United yeah. States. Okay. Um, yeah, so my parents, uh, my mom worked in, um, uh, as an accountant for the uh, for uh, for the county, mm-hmm. um, and my dad um, was well. When I was really little, he was a vet, um, and then he kind of walked away from that and started to have random jobs um, every anywhere he could, really, because he stopped being a vet. Hmm. And when you say vet, you mean veterinarian? Yes. Yeah. What, what made him walk away from it? Uh, so, um, my dad, um, I mean, he, he's an alcoholic, um, he kind of walked away from it when things got tough. Um, I think he, um, I want to say he was made redundant at some point. And for those who don't know what redundant means, uh, in the States, oh, that means off. terminated. Yeah, laid terminated, off. laid off. Yeah. yeah. I'll try to use both terminology if I know the words. Um, it's fine. It's fine. So... Yeah, he kind of, he, I say walks away. So, yeah, I think I think he had a choice there to carry on, but he didn't. 
Um, and again, it was such a such small village, it didn't require two beds. Uh, so there was someone else com- who continued to do it, and he, yeah, he chose not to, uh, and he didn't go to a city or a town to continue practice or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so he then started to do ad hoc jobs, you know. Um, he worked as a chimney cleaner, I'm going to say. I don't know what the correct terminology would be, but it was more of like chimney cleaners, but in, in, on an industrial scale, in, um, mm. in like power plants and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, so you got to travel around Poland quite a bit um, through my teenage years. Uh, yeah, my mom, my mom literally worked across the road from us um, pretty much her whole life. She Where was, you lived? Yeah, huh. so she worked just for, um, yeah, just, oh, I would say like for the government, mm. for the county. Um, yeah, as a as an accountant, um, yeah, pretty much her whole life. She worked for a school a little bit, but yeah, she did taxes, finances, stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Now, you know, I want to put this conversation in context, uh, just for people who who don't know. Uh, he's from Poland, and he is Caucasian. And people might wonder, well, why is he a guest on a distinct lens? Um, this podcast is a platform for the black black diaspora to share their experiences in relation to financial literacy. But it isn't exclusive to black people. I just want to make that clear. I think us sharing experiences with people who are different from ourselves and can add some context, add some value to that story as well, I think is really, really very useful. Because the more we know about each other, the more we're able to connect. And the more we're able to connect, the more we're able to build a sustainable community, society, world, if that makes sense. Um, so just to change speed a little bit, I want to ask, how do you feel? Do you feel you were properly prepared by the education system to handle money? I mean, you uh, said your mom was an accountant, yeah, so you uh, might have picked some of that up from her. Um, yeah, so, I mean, from an edu- education perspective, absolutely not. Um, I mean, I know we briefly spoke about this um, before, so yeah, mm. yeah. Um, there's absolutely no mention all throughout primary school and high school. Um, about how to manage finances, how to manage your money, or what to do with money. Mm. Um, I mean, putting it in context, so my parents were the last generation when Poland came out of communism. Ah, okay. Um, so, even though my mom had, you know, my mom had the education, because obviously she was an accountant, she had financial education background. Mm. Um, even though that um, that was the case, you know, pretty much for most of her life, um, or at least half of her life, money made no difference. You, you know, it didn't, it, it didn't matter you had money because during the communism, well, there was shortage of everything and everything was evenly spread across everyone. Mm. So it's similarly, uh, it's China, you know, it's not, it, it's, it doesn't matter how much money you've got because, well, if there's only... Um, 20 loaves of bread, well, everyone's going to get the same share. No one's going to be able to buy more. Um, so everything was on tickets. Hmm. So you had to queue up in the, um, in the shop. So my sister... So when he says queue, he means wait in line. Yes, yeah. Um, so I have a six-year-old, um, six-year-older sister, and she still remembers it. I don't. Um, but she remembers queuing up to, you know, to pick up some milk. Um, and yeah. the shelves and everything is empty. You just queue up and you get a ticket. 
you turn up to the shop and they give you what you need based on the ticket you have. So they didn't have really that that concept of money and investment wasn't really for there for them in terms of like in their twenties or in their thirties. Education in Poland absolutely did not prepare me for it. And again, I think the the impact of you know post World War Two Poland and communism had a big influence over that um, from an education perspective. But yeah, we we absolutely no one ever spoke about it. Um, I didn't really learn it learn anything about it till kind of coming into UK and you know going through university here and learning about it myself off the internet. Mm. Um, and my mom, my mom, bless her, the only education she ever given me was um, make sure you keep all your receipts, um, keep all the warranties, and save as much as you can. You know, but to her, saving was, you know, keep your money in your account. Like, you know, get a savings account and put everything in there. Uh, so, you know, it, it was a, it, it was a good advice, but for me, you know, going leaving Poland at the age of um, 20, mm-hmm. 1920, and I, yeah, and, and not having any spare cash or disposable income at that, you know, before I left, uh, my parents never gave me like um, um, cash to, to, to spend, right? That, mm-hmm. that wasn't a thing in our family. I didn't get money from my parents, I didn't get pocket money or anything. Um, so yeah, I didn't properly start saving money till maybe I was about thirty years of age. And how old are you now? Um, thirty-five. Okay. Yeah, I saved some, but I always came. So again, probably out of cons. I know it's not the question you asked, but just to put up, provide more context. Um, I came to England and I knew straight away that I'm not going back. So when you I had already made your mind that yeah, when you came, pretty yeah. much within like a few months. Because there was absolutely no opportunities, nothing waiting for me in Poland. Mm. Um, and again, like I said earlier, we didn't have a big, lush house mm. that I would inherit. There's no family fortune that I would get. Mm. So I was like, well, if I don't make it on my own, then, well, if I'm going to go back, it's just going to be much, much harder for me to achieve mm. um, things. Excuse me. So, uh, yeah, so decided that I'm going to stay. And... That made my lifestyle very different to everybody else around me. Um, anyone else from Poland, they came with a vision of, I'm going to come here for a few years or a few months, save as much as I can, go back to Poland. Because mm. obviously the um, pound to Polish um, Zwarty, um was really you know strong. So you could stay here for six months and live in Poland for another 12, 18 months at the time, uh-huh. if you save properly. Whereas me, I was like, no, 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 no. I'm here to have a good time. I'm here for the experience. You know, I'm just going to live my life like I come from here and I live in this country all this time. So, yeah, savings wasn't really on the agenda. Okay. Now, you've mentioned quite a few things here that relate to financial literacy and what you learned over the years. Uh, you said from your own personal experience, just looking things up on the internet, becoming self-taught, understanding the importance of starting to save. I think that was probably something that was reinforced from an early age, but you actually started actioning later on in life. And then coming here at the age of 20 and saying, hey, this is it for me. I'm going to stay here. Now, 
coming from the community that you came from into a new community, um, that that contrast, do you think that financial intelligence was important in both? And well, yeah, I just I'll just start the question with that. Do you think financial intelligence was important in both communities or was it more important in one than the other? Um, I think, well, I will say that is, I think it's absolutely important in both communities. The difference, significant differences, Polish people at the time where I lived in Poland, you know, anyone I knew really had very little disposable income or income that they can do something with. So it's kind of living from paycheck to paycheck, you know, mm. make sure you pay all the bills, make sure you've got food on the table. Um, the little bit that was left, you know, could be for fun things. But, you know, my mom saved all her life and, you know, she, she's she got a good retirement now. But I think she, she didn't have a lot to save at the end of the month. Mm. So um, I think that, I, I think all that knowledge kind of, even if it was there, well, I don't think it would help. Whereas here in UK, mm. um completely different situation you know people have 15 years ago you know people already had um a way more disposable income way more money to mm. be able to invest to be able to buy a house um, or a second house or a third house to be able to you know open up a savings account mm. uh, you know companies here for years now have things like you know share safe schemes um, to buy shares of the company at the end of the month. Mm. Um, you know, you banks have um, tax-free cash ISAs, you know, things, and, and those are, even if, even if you didn't pay attention or you weren't educated on, it's kind of there and it's promoted and it's spoken about, whereas none of that happened in Poland back in the day. Uh, so it was a lot more critical to your financial development to be financially aware when you moved to the UK as opposed to when living in Poland because there wasn't much. Exactly. I could have had that knowledge. Well, I, I wouldn't do anything with it because right. the amount of money that I, I would even make or save, well, yeah, most people just broke even, you know, at the end of the month. It was more about not getting into debt, making sure you save, you pay all the bills. Um, that was that was a priority, mm. not hey, you know, what type of investment do you think we should go for right now? Right. Okay. So I want to ask now that you're older, you've been saving for a while. You sound like you're a lot more financially intelligent, um, as opposed to when you were younger sure. and you lived in Poland. Um, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the most comfortable, one being the least comfortable. How comfortable are you making financial decisions now? Um, I would say nine. Okay. Yeah. I would say I'm I'm pretty confident. I think I uh I think the only aspect that I am I am still yet to kind of fully understand. Um and again it's it's really probably lack of time or lack of really the need of is making sure that you know, from a taxes perspective and a legal perspective, mm. the money that I make and invest, um, I, you know, that I, 
yeah, that I what's the American terminology that you don't because you guys have to do your own taxes, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. So the taxman doesn't come knock on my door, kind of say, hey, you know, you've generated this income that wasn't through your employment, well, right. you need to pay tax on that. So I don't really have that issue yet. Um, I don't generate, you know, I don't have um, that much of an income. Um, outside of my normal employment where I would have to start worrying about, okay, well, there's a significant amount of tax I have to pay now. Mm. Um, that's not a problem for me, um, especially now we bought a house. And, you know, all the savings, half of the savings are gone. Um, you say we. Who, who you so me and my partner, ah, okay. Um, Natasha. Okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I... I started to have that problem before we bought the house. And when I say problem, it's a nice problem to have because when I owned shares in, in the company that I work for, um, obviously I started to get dividend paid. Mm. And the amount of shares I had, that dividend started to um, come to a quite of a significant amount, to mm. me anyway. So I started to think, okay, well, I might need to do something about this now because it's, you know, um, I can't just continue to to get this money and then you know not do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you know, that this there was the element which I which I kind of now now I know I didn't two years ago. Let's say um, now I know that you know you you get that dividend, you can reinvest that money, you can automate some of those processes as well. So. I and all of that I had to learn myself um, when I had shares. You know, when I got dividend, I was like, "Oh, what? What's that? Like, what's dividend?" I had to Google it. No one's ever told me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized, okay, I'm getting more and more of it because I'm I bought more and more shares. Um, and then I started to think, okay, well, I've got this money lying there. Well, what am I going to do with it? Because it's not working on it. It's not doing anything. All right. Um, yeah, and obviously I think I've mentioned to you earlier when I went to university, it yeah covered quite a lot of financials um, as well. Do you think that was a significant boost in your confidence to make more financial decisions? Definitely, definitely. And you know, the year I, I was on, um, there were people that I went through um, university with. They worked in different industries and. Um, you know, it was from people who were starting um, their careers to people who already um, have been directors in companies. And it helped a lot to understand what all these different people do with their money. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, some of them were accountants. Some of them did, did it as a job. Mm-hmm. I remember one lady actually had a financial advisor as well. And she was... Um, she was much younger than me. I think she was in her early 20s um, and she was self-employed and she was, you know, she was doing really well for herself. And she said, you know, yeah, I've got a financial advisor. I was like, whoa, you know, like how much money do you make? And she actually, and she never told me, but I kind of got it. Like it wasn't actually that much, but she was investing money every month mm-hmm. to, and then that bred more and more money. And she said, well, I don't have to worry about that. I'm just paying a percentage to this guy and he, he does it all for me. So, yeah, that that all helped. Okay. Okay, so I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, so we've talked a bit about how you gained your confidence to become, uh, to make more, uh, to make financial decisions. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a bit about your background, how you grew up, uh, your experience since you've been here in England. Uh, I want to talk about some current events. So 
I went back to Texas back in March of this year. And uh, that was when, you know, the global pandemic was really at its height, I want to say, in Europe. It hadn't reached really, if you think of it in the bell curve, it hadn't reached a peak in the States as of yet. Um, and while I was there, actually, the protests started, uh, which were triggered by the public murder of George Floyd. So I wanted to ask you, um, the protests, they're still continuing. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it's a, Even it's from a UK perspective. Yeah, it's I, an interesting question because, I mean, you, you know, you know that um, and you know that because we spoke about it, but people might not realize. So, you know, I come from a tiny little village in Poland mm. um, where, you know, there are no people of color. There are no, you know, it's um, if you, so my, my partner, Natasha, um, she's from Zimbabwe. She's mixed race. Mm. And we went for holiday back to Poland to a place I grew up in, I want to say three years ago now. Mm. Like I was fairly confident that she was the first um, African or, or person of color, even a mixed race person in the village ever, like in the history. <laughs> um, so wow. coming from that background where, you know, um, people of color is someone who you see on TV. Um, maybe if you, if we went to the capital, um, you know, on a school trip or something like that, you maybe see someone um, but most of it was in American movies, not, not even Polish movies, nothing like that, right? Mm. So then coming to UK, very different, very different scenario, very different um, surroundings and, and very diverse communities. It kind of changed my perception on things a lot and I've learned a lot more. And going so going back to your question, how how did I feel about it? What do I think of it? Well, um, it's very difficult for me to relate to it mm -hmm. um, because I the only the only way I possibly could you know I never experienced anything like that mm -hmm. not never to this extent the only way I could possibly to the smallest amount relate to it is you know I am from Poland I am in a foreign country yeah. and for those of you who don't know you know UK has been um, um, you know, Pol let me put it this way. Polish language is the second most used language in UK. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So millions of people immigrated um, from Poland to UK. And that, that brings its own problems for... Um, People, you know, British people, some British people started to accuse Polish people of bringing down the hourly wage rate, you know, because we would take the jobs. Like I said to you before, you know, if I earn, I don't know, back in, back then, if I made five, six um, pounds an hour, mm. man, that was that was like a CEO salary um, in Poland. Nice so things. I can, yeah, I, I mean, uh, in a small company, yeah, that's probably like a director's salary in a small company, right? Um, so I can come in here, work my socks off, you know, on overtime, weekends, you know, take, share a house, eat, eat, you know, 
just to get by, not go out, not have takeaways, um, you know, not buy new clothes, not buy expensive stuff. And I can go back after six months, and it's like I've I've worked for five years in Poland, right? So obviously, if someone pays me six pounds, I'm like, well, I'll take it. But someone who lives here and has a family here, that six pounds might mean nothing, right? right? So there's this obviously there's this, these accusations that Eastern Europeans have lowered the salaries um, across the UK, and you know, so when you when when there's been occasions where I have felt like I'm treated differently because of my nationality, people would be very condescending because of my accent, which you know I've been here now 15 years, so you don't hear as much. Probably still do, but like you know, it's not as strong as it used to be. My English is much much better than it was when I first came. You know, there was this stereotype of Polish people um, coming in and just washing pots in the restaurants mm. or washing cars. So that's the only way I can kind of relate to the amount of racism and, and you know, different type of treatment that black Americans go through or, you know, people of color go through in America or around the world, really. So when I heard that stuff, I mean, and the protest and then I started reading about it and I went on YouTube and you know you kind of go you see the video from the article you just read and then the next video comes up and the next video comes up and I remember watching this video when this girl's got beaten up in the restaurant for 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 absolutely nothing like she was sitting there and got I think beaten up by who? police officers so the police officers come around and they try, started to like they arrested her and she's like screaming, like, why are you arresting me for? Like, and the people are taking video of it and they throw her on the floor and actually she had like a top and the, they actually ripped the top or they pulled the top off her. So they like exposed part of her uh, body, like, and screaming in the background. And for those of you who've never been in the UK, like, the police here doesn't um, have guns. Like, they, they don't just like, approach you for nothing like I, it, it's so different like it's even different to poland because in poland it's much much more it's stricter like po police is you see, you see police when you're younger you walk away like you disappear you make yourself invisible right mm -hmm. because they can arrest you for nothing back in when i was a teenager um in uk man completely different so that really got me thinking and i probably had a bigger impact on me than it would have five years ago because of Natasha. Mm. So now I'm thinking like, okay, well, man, this could happen to Natasha. Like we could go, you know, I've always wanted to go to, to, um, to United States for holiday and stuff like that. I've always wanted to go and visit. And now I'm like thinking, well, I'll probably be okay, but like we can go and some, you know, some person can just start accusing Tasha of something, or that could be Tasha sitting in a restaurant, you know, and they can just come and arrest her for nothing. Yeah, and the more videos I watched and the more stuff I've seen online, yeah, I was just, it's almost like a disbelief. I'm like, like I knew every now and again there'll be something coming up in news, mm. but the more I read into it and the more videos I've seen, I was like, wow, this is like, you know, you can see on YouTube, like, this has been posted a month ago. This has been posted a week ago. This has been posted two weeks ago. Like, this has been posted yesterday. And you're like, 
what the hell, man? Like, this isn't just like a once every six months thing. And, you know, you're Americans, you've got thing about the guns as well. Like, I, I'm like, okay, your, your gun laws are all messed up to me. Yeah, like, how can serious, anybody... It's a serious gun culture. I mean, yeah, serious. like, how can everybody have a gun? <laughs> you know, it's a bit, it's a bit nuts to me. Um, you know, so you hear about the shootings and you hear about everything else. And I think that almost, like, it dilutes the problem. It makes it a little bit more, I don't want to say normal, but, like, because you hear about, yeah, right? exactly. That's the word. It becomes the norm. Yeah, because well, oh yeah, there was a shooting in America. Oh, there was a shooting in America, and you're like, oh, another one. Come on, guys, like do something about your gun law. Like such your, such your, such your laws out. Um, but then, and no one really talks specifically about. Well, this is the reason why this happened, or this was you know shooting, but it wasn't just a shooting. It was actually, shooting of someone by the police. And, you know, it was, again, a, a a person of color, you know. Uh, in here, that, that news very rarely, it very rarely makes news anyway. And when it does, you know, like with any news. Why do you think that is? Uh, well, I don't know, probably unpopular opinion. I think British people, I think, British, so there's two elements to me. British people... Um, don't think they have a race issue, racism issue. Hmm. Um, and I think, but I also think British people, it's, there's a lot from a news or, or interest perspective, it's all about what goes on in this country rather than what goes on everywhere else. Um, so, you know, stuff that happens outside of the country, eh, it's a, hey, this is what's happened, we're moving on. Um, and again, when it's about, when they talk about racism, it's like, well, this has happened in States. This has happened somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, it's never us. So, yeah, I think I think it's difficult for them to talk about it. You know, something um, I, I just remember, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of T.I. Tip Harris, but uh, he's an American rapper. Um, he's one of the early pioneers of what we call trap music. And, uh, you know, it's funny enough, my dad loves the guy, and he didn't come out until my dad was born in, like, the 50s. Uh, yeah, in, like, the 50s. So he lived through the Civil Rights Movement. And, um, you know, I grew up in the crack epidemic in the 1980s. But um, he had on his Instagram where he was talking about a company that's based in the UK, uh, the transatlantic slave trade, you know, a lot of that activity came out of Britain. Mm. And so the vestiges, the the legacy of that is still very prevalent here. One company in particular that he highlighted was Lloyd of London's. Now this is a very famous company for insuring people for unusual reasons. Like if you were a pianist, they would insure your hands. Right, right. You know, if you're a track star, they're gonna insure your legs. They actually insured human beings during the transatlantic slave trade. And this was the basis of how they built their business over the years. So he started a petition to say, you need to right your wrongs. And this is how we expect you to do so. And Lloyds of London, and you can Google all of this. They they made a public statement to say, yes, we had a hand in this. We were wrong for that. And that was the end of it. 
I mean, they they tried to make some concessions to say we would do something about it, but it was extremely vague, and you know there was no follow up. So Ti he came and said, "Hey, well, this is the follow up that we expect," and he said, "We're putting you on notice." So I, I hear a lot of people in the UK say the things that you say. Well, and 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 that's the overall sentiment that I get. Well, there's not a race problem, and that's happening somewhere else, mm-hmm. so it's really not relevant here. But what's funny is that you still have companies, you still have entities here that are benefiting from the oppression, from the legacy of slavery. You know, even to this day, even even in most organizations, uh, they call them the FTSE 500, Mm. the American equivalent. We would call them the Fortune 500. You look at the upper echelons of those companies, and I'm not just talking about uh, directors, I'm talking about your board members and your executive officers, the CEOs, the CFOs, the COOs, you know, those individuals, they all look alike. You know, there's a reason for that. That didn't happen by consequence. Yeah, that's and, generations of, of, of... Exactly. And it's also about your social network as well. Absolutely, but yeah. again, that's been done to the exclusion of a certain type of person or a certain group of people. And so it's, it's just interesting to hear you talk about that and say and break it down the way that you did, because that that is what I've heard before. Yeah. And it's very it's, interesting. Yeah. You know, I again, it's it's to be fair. It's interesting. I don't come to think of it. And now we're having this discussion. I come to realize that I actually don't have a lot of discussions about this at all. And it's difficult, I think, to have a discussion about this, especially with. Um, British people because it it's very personal to them because you're almost generalizing all of them about it and clearly that's not the case they're not all the same mm-hmm. um, and you know again I we have a very diverse community here but in, in Corby maybe less so but again I don't actually know an awful lot of people who speak English who aren't English um, let alone would have any knowledge awareness or you know i'll i don't mean to sound disrespectful but like have have the ability to comprehend type type of a topic we're talking about right now or have the type of experience to be able to talk about stuff like that Mm. um but what's also super interesting is you know you said that yeah you know people here don't think they have a problem with racism and there is a very different approach i feel about racism and xenophobia Mm. in this country and you know i've experienced it so many times and i had i had friends i had neighbors um you know who all come from either poland or somewhere in eastern europe and we all have number and number of experiences where we would be talked down to or someone would call us foreigners you know go back to your country you know and stuff like that like people not even, you know, even on a night out. Like, you'd be on a night out and there'll be some guys, you know, swearing and shouting at you and, you know, everyone's drunk and, you know, fights about to break up and they'll be like, you know, um, get back to your country, why are you here for, blah, 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 you know. And it's like, and people are just like, okay, we're just walking past, pretending you can't hear it, etc. But no one's actually doing anything. But there's completely different approach. If, if, if we were, for example, if we were black and mm-hmm. they would start shouting and abusing us and, and using the type of words that, you know, would be, um, what's the word, like, um, um, 
you know, like, I don't know, the N-word or, you know, get back to, you know, um, yeah, whatever, go back to Africa, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. Mm. I'm telling you now, there'll be someone on the phone, there'll be police there within minutes because there is zero tolerance on racism. Mm. But when it's a white person abusing white person, it's like, ah, okay, yeah, well, okay, well, yeah, it's just, it's just, a, you know, it's just altercation. It's just, they're just going to, they're all going to walk away. Everything's going to be fine. So mm. I've experienced that a lot. Um, here in UK as well and I think this is why they don't think they have a problem because it's never this obvious it's never in your face it's always it's subtle it's you know it, it, the kind of racism they have here it's been hidden you know that's what I've heard before yeah it's behind the curtains you yeah. know we're not going to be obvious about it because you know we're a first world country and that's inappropriate that's not acceptable we have zero, zero tolerance about it but you you may not know this, but when UK left EU, when after the referendum, and you're talking, he's talking about Brexit, right? Yes, talking about Brexit. So after after the referendum, when UK voted to leave the EU, and uh, the EU, that's the European Union. Union, yeah. So the day after, there were people in the streets across the UK giving out leaflets to any foreign person um, that would say, go back to your country. We don't want you here. When are you leaving? Wow. There will be people approach on the street, kids at school, kids approaching kids saying, well, my mom said you, you, you're not going to be here anymore. Like you should be leaving now, aren't you? Are you packing? Um, there was a story in the news uh, that little girl brought a leaflet home. She was given a leaflet on the way home from school by someone. That said, you know, UK is out of Europe, then you need to get out of Europe. Mm. You need to get out of UK. You know, so, and all of that was publicized. And, you know, government went, you know, that's not okay. You know, we're not going to do this. You know, we need to look after them, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, yeah, it kind of felt like a bit condescending. Like, you know, stop it, guys. It's not okay. Like, you know, come on, you know better, but like almost with a smirk on their face, kind of. Yeah, uh -huh. It was lip service. But yeah, no, like, actually... you know, we have to say this. So, you know, so, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about things like that. So racism here is never, is never that obvious. So uh, I want to tie all this in together because we've talked about quite a bit. Yeah, we have, so. <laughs> of, of current events. No, it's fine. Um, so we've talked about the, the protests. Even they had protests here in the UK. They were they tearing did, down yeah, statues as yeah. well. And you've talked about your experiences with xenophobia. And you've talked about the subtle racism here. And we've also talked about, you know, financial intelligence and what it meant when you moved to the UK. So I want to tie all that into this next question in terms of, from your own experience, from that, you know, there were millions of Polish people who migrated to the UK and there's a large demographic of Polish people mm -hmm. here. And like you mentioned before, it's the second most spoken language in this country. That 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 community, that Polish community, do you feel that if there were a stronger economic base that you're the, the, the community you come from, do you believe they would have been treated that same way? Um, that's an interesting question. I, uh, <clears throat> I think, I think probably, 
I think maybe not. I can't say probably. Maybe not. Um, I think if the economic environment um, was different in Poland, certainly not as many Polish people would have come. Um, <clears throat> you know, most people left because, you know, they couldn't build the right future for themselves at home. Mm. Um, would I have made a difference over here? I think certainly, you know, um, I know so many Polish people, teachers, um, vets, you know, like my dad, people with higher education, people with PhD coming mm. into this country and working the warehouse on the forklift, um, you know, because it's just, they're better off financially than staying and, you know, continuing to, to um, be a professor at the university. Mm. Um, well, the, well the, I think... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a difficult one. I think it's a difficult one. I don't think it would have changed an awful lot. I think it would probably change if people people come into this country knew exactly what to do with their money and how to invest, and you know, they maybe wouldn't be perceived as kind of a entry level, low skill job fillers. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm. Um, that maybe would have changed. The perception of British people on Polish people, um, you know, there I know very little Polish people who have, you know, been extremely successful here and made a lot of money. And that maybe that says more about me than it says about all those others, because I I just yeah I rarely come across people like that. Most people I come across, they're here for a period of time. They have plans to go back to Poland. Um, they haven't invested in their future enough a lot in this country. Um, mm. And a lot of, again, going back to our earlier, quite your earlier question and conversation we had, a lot of it comes from they never feel at home here. They always feel like an outsider. Hmm. Okay. Now, my last question before we wrap this up. Um, what has been like the most impactful book or podcast or publication that you've ever been exposed to? Um, so, podcast, I I must say, I recently got into into um, listening to podcasts, and it's um, Anxious Achiever uh, on on Marketplace. Uh, well, I listen to it on Spotify, mm -hmm. and. Um, this is uncomfortable. By the way, the distinct lens will be on Spotify, just so everybody knows. <laughs> um, ad placement. Right. Um, yeah, so I think um, this is uncomfortable, um, and I cannot relate, remember the lady's name, but I absolutely, which is really bad, because I absolutely love her. Um, it's an amazing podcast. It's It talks about money, and um, she literally says at the beginning of, I think, each show, it to podcast about money, how money messes with life and, you know, how it makes it difficult. And hmm. so... <clears throat> and what is it called? Um, the, this is uncomfortable. Ah, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> it's really, it's super interesting. And yeah, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different um, conversations there and, you know, a lot of different examples of how money have messed with people's lives and anything from, you know, coming out of... Um, I think it's American show. Cause it talks about coming out of college or coming out of universities with debt or mm. borrowing money from friends or making more money than your friends do. And yeah, or, you know, rely on 
um, financially or someone you're in a relationship with. <clears throat> so it's, yeah, it, it covers all really, yeah, some interesting topics. Um, the other one, the anxious achiever, um, again, super interesting. And um, I, you know, not that I really talk about it and not that I've ever been diagnosed, but I do have a lot of anxiety. Right? Mm. I do have, um, I have a very stressful job. <clears throat> I'm kind of new to it as well. Uh, I'm the youngest there in the position I'm in. Mm-hmm. I kind of progressed from my previous role into my current role fairly quickly. Um, quickly for me, um, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it's again, it's a podcast that talks about you know people who are successful and but suffer from anxiety. You know, mm-hmm. people who who you know have have different difficult situations in life and you know how they deal with it what do they do um so it it gives me quite a lot of different perception on things um and i think often listening about you know other people's struggles and how they dealt with it kind of helps you deal with your own and you ask a book um and i think the most recent book that i read um because after after uni i almost um, burn all the books and I said oh, you know after when you finish your degree you throw all the books in the corner I'm right. not touching this right. for at least a year um, so the one of the most recent ones um, was by Simon Sinek um, mm. and it was his second book um, yeah and that um, I think I've mentioned to you before that that was a very interesting book and it was it talks about um talks about how from a leadership perspective how much of you know still our biological um and what's the word um how our biology and you know hormones and things like that still have so much so much influence on us and how they um, impact our decision making and how we feel etc etc so that was super interesting book Mm. Um, yeah, and very recently I read a book, Polish book actually. I've not read a Polish book for like good ten years now. So my sister brought me a book, and it's about this um, guy, um, you know, who emigrated out of Poland, um, left Poland, came to UK, and just his struggles and how he went through life, and yeah, how different his experience was to mine. And you know, guy who became homeless for a period of time. Mm. arrived to London without any money, without any jobs, you know, how crazy it was for him, what he had to do to survive. Yeah, it was also quite interesting. Okay. Um, just to recap, um, from your story, growing up in Poland, moving to the UK, having parents that had different types of professions. Uh, your mother was an accountant, your dad, he was a vet for a while. Uh, but growing up in a communist society, you know, is a different way to even perceive money and how it ha- how to handle money. And then moving here and understanding, well, there's a lot more money here. So you have to be financially responsible yeah. if you want to get ahead, invest, how you learned how to invest. Um, and then experiencing that xenophobia while you were here and how that affected your life. And uh, I would assume it made you feel like an outsider as well. And yet you're still overcoming those things in a successful career. You're now with your partner who's from Zimbabwe. Uh, I, I think a recap was necessary of all of that to say that 
our lives can turn out much differently than they start. And yeah. we have, we play an active role in the direction that it goes. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I always laugh. Um, you know, I have, I have a financial accountability of a budget of, of around 10 million pounds mm-hmm. at work. And over 400 people um, kind of underneath uh, me and my teams. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, when I think about it sometimes, it's actually like, it's, it's a bit scary. I'm like, damn, like, how do I, why, I've got so much responsibility at work. Um, and I think where I came from, like, I was just a little guy, you know, in a little village, just one of like 30, 40 of us, you know. And I look at a lot of my friends and, you know, they're super happy. They've got families. They're doing well. But saying that, I look at, you know, they're still there. Like, they still live there. They still, you know. Doing the same know, thing. They're doing the same thing. Like, you know. And even when I go on holiday, like, we talk about stuff like we always talk about every time I go back. And I'm like, man, I would have, I would have gone crazy if I stayed there. Um, and I worked my ass off to get to where I am. And you're absolutely right. I think you can do whatever you want to do and you can achieve anything you want. It's just how much work you're willing to put into it and how much you're willing to sacrifice. You know, because don't get me wrong, it's not easy. It doesn't come without sacrifice. Like, I haven't seen my mom for two years and COVID played a big part in this, you know. We had planned trips this year. Um, You know, but you... You sometimes, you you know, you have to leave a place that you come from. You'll never have the type of friendships you build when you're a kid. You know, your friends from your school, from your primary school, from your high school, you know, people you grew up with for 20 years, mm-hmm. you'll never make those type of, you know, it's rare. I'm not saying never, but you, it's rare you build that type of friendship somewhere else. And yeah. you have to leave all of that, all your family, all your friends, and go and build life somewhere else yeah it's it's hard but it's doable okay i like that it's hard but it's doable we'll leave it there uh so i hope everyone enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as i have in producing it um stay tuned for our next episode and thank everyone for listening <laughs>